after round two, shit got more real. Um, even though my anger was better and I kind of learned self-control and those sorts of coping strategies, the inner sadness still lingered and the hopelessness did not go away and it eventually seemed to spiral out of control and became more and more intense as time went on. Eventually it got really bad and my mind went somewhere that it never went before. I thought about dying a lot, but I never really wanted to. But as the depression got worse, I started thinking about death more positively, and I started thinking that I wanted to die. And when this kind of thinking started, I would have these occasional but really scary episodes where I would actually self-harm. And this was my unhealthy coping mechanism for the overwhelming sadness that I felt. But it also scared me. And it scarred me, too. And those scars did, and they always will, serve as a reminder for the pain that I felt in those lows. This is how I knew things were bad. This is what started to scare me. This is when a new thought came into my head, and it stayed. For the first time, I didn't only think I wanted to die, but I thought that I wanted to end my own life. I struggled with that for a long, long time, after that first time. But the first time was really scary because the thought was new and I was young and I I didn't want to feel like that. I wanted to have hope that things would get better, but I just didn't. And I really thought dying was the only escape to feeling so sad. I didn't think or have any hope that my life was going to be worth living from that moment on. I thought about how my younger self would be so disappointed in me. Uh, Is this who I really am? Am I ever going to feel happy again? Will I get better? I thought about that a lot. Those three thoughts would kind of run through my head on and off. And I wish I could say that the first time I was suicidal was the last, but it wasn't. That's not how mental illness works. That's not how life works. There's ups and downs and there's no straight path to recovery. Things are all over the place and life's messy, complicated, but that's okay. This helps us grow and makes us stronger. The suicidal thoughts came and they went several times throughout the next several years until I hit the lowest point. But I'm still here, so there's obviously a happy ending there. By now, at this point, I've been in in and out of so many periods of depression and anxiety that I've kind of lost count what round it is, but uh, there's a lot more to go. So for me, high school was a... A pretty dark time in my life for the most part. I shut everyone out and I eventually had no friends. I wouldn't talk to anyone, wouldn't crack a smile. I would just go through the motions, going to each class without saying a word, barely making eye contact with the teacher or any classmate. And for me, this is unusual because in the first year of high school, I was super talkative, energetic, class clown, always getting in trouble for talking too much, disrupting the class. I'd sing and dance in class. I was a disaster. And this meant phone calls and emails home, occasional detentions. But when the depression hit, it was a complete 180. The teachers at that point were honestly begging me to talk and asking me what was wrong. At this point, I had no friends, so I'd eat my lunch quickly in the cafeteria alone. And then I would go to the bathroom and spend the rest of my lunch there. It was sad, but I've also learned to laugh at myself, so now I like to make jokes about it. One time I got called into the guidance counselor's office where I was basically asked what was wrong in the form of, is everything okay at home? Is there anything going on at school that I should know about? Do you have any friends? Or at least that's how I remember it. 
And while I appreciate the effort, I wasn't in the place at that time to talk about that. So I hadn't really made sense of it yet. I didn't want to acknowledge what was going on. So I played it off, figured I'd be okay. And I didn't, I didn't need that kind of help. Eventually I saw a psychiatrist and I honestly found it useless at that point because she made my mom stay in the room. So I didn't tell her anything about self-harm or thinking of suicide. And so I feel like she didn't get the full picture. I was diagnosed vaguely with a mood disorder, but officially it was depression and anxiety. So I guess it made sense. Now looking at it, bipolar is a mood disorder. So in a way, kind of an accurate diagnosis, but also not super descriptive. I wasn't prescribed any meds at this time because I was pretty young and all this, you know, mental health treatment was really just starting to pick up at this time. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but things really have changed in the last 10 years or so. Um, And to be honest, I couldn't even swallow a pill. So it's probably for the best. As, As high school was ending, it's not that I was getting better, but I was really trying to help myself and to do things that would at least attempt to improve um, my mood. So I reconnected with some friends. I was more social, started joking around and talking a bit more in class again. I didn't feel like I was a hundred percent, but I was definitely managing. And looking back, I'm, I'm proud of myself for picking myself up out of a depression without getting any treatment or professional health or professional help. So that's, that's another win for me. Um, not to say I was cured by any means as you'll see, but I, I managed. I managed quite well given everything and given the circumstances. So then came university. University was difficult. It tested me, challenged me to no end. Looking back, it was sort of a blur, to be honest. I remember the first day after I spent hours reading, doing homework and stressing, I had, I guess, a mental breakdown. And it was scary because the symptoms were physical. I couldn't see. I lost motor skills. I was extremely dizzy. My speech was slurred. It honestly sounds like a stroke, and I thought that's what was going on. I I felt like I was dying. I thought I was having a stroke. And it turns out that's an anxiety attack or an extreme stress reaction, as the emergency room doctor at the hospital said. So they're not fun. But after I was better and I went to the hospital, realized everything was okay, um, I eventually approached the whole thing jokingly, and I still make jokes about it to this day that I had a stroke even though that's of course that's not funny and not a joking matter but it was just it was a lot to handle so university was tough as it is but when you're navigating with the mental illness it's so much tougher I questioned myself my abilities whether I belong there or not and I doubted that I'd ever amount to anything after it was over I didn't do well academically at first it seemed like the end of the world but eventually I shifted my priorities and realized that my mental health came first and school second. So this changed everything and was the best decision I made. I'm proud of myself for that. And that's a huge reason why I actually managed to get through university. So that's another win for me. Throughout university, um, I spiraled in and out of depressive episodes. And my anxiety was really tested far beyond its limits. My diagnosis was depression and anxiety, but as I got smarter and more educated about neuroscience and psychology, I knew for sure it had to be more than that. I knew that that wasn't the full picture. I wasn't just sad or anxious all the time. There was more going on. 
So here is where it really hit me that it was bipolar. Now, I'm not saying I was my own psychiatrist, but I was basically, I, I could have been my own psychiatrist. I always had a feeling I had bipolar and not because of the mood swings that led everyone in my family to call me bipolar, but because I knew that my highs or my periods of lots of energy, ambition, ton of confidence, self-esteem, I knew that that was out of the ordinary. When I was younger, I thought that was me, but eventually I saw there was more to it and it was my brain. It's called mania. University is where I had some of my first manic episodes or technically hypomania, which is slightly less less pronounced. Hypomania is sort of fun, but also not. That's why it's hard to diagnose bipolar disorder or a manic depression because no one goes to psychiatrists because they're too happy. Mania feels like you're on top of the world. You feel invincible, like you can do anything. You have this heightened self-esteem and confidence. You think you're the greatest person on earth. Your mind races with thoughts and ideas. You're impulsive. You do whatever you want, whenever you want. You have more energy than usual. Sometimes you need less sleep. It sounds fun, but mania also means that you're very irritable. It means you can be set off by the smallest thing. And there's also a lot of anger that's associated with mania because your emotions are heightened. So a big problem with mania is impulsivity or recklessness. So that means things like unsafe driving, inappropriate spending, making rash decisions for the future. And this is what makes mania problematic. Not to mention that sometimes when you actually, when you experience full-blown mania, you can experience psychosis, um, which leads to delusions, hallucinations, and that sort of thing. So luckily I haven't experienced that. But if I hadn't been diagnosed and treated as early as I was, then it could have reached that point. So growing up, mania looked like me always having huge goals and ambitions that seemed impossible or ridiculous like attending Harvard University, becoming a brain surgeon, just things like that. I thought I could do anything, basically. And it also looked like me having a lot of energy and dancing, putting on a show to entertain others. It was me talking really fast, making excessive jokes. It was me being productive and constantly jumping from task to task. But it was also me being unable to really focus because my mind was racing. Most of it is short-lived, And a lot of the time, mania goes unnoticed, and instead it's chalked up to be the individual's character, or just their personality. What I refer to as my first hypomanic episode happened shortly after my first breakup, where I experienced a great amount of sadness. And the thing is, they call it manic depression for a reason. Because in those moments of apparent happiness or euphoria, you're actually still depressed. There's a ton of sadness underneath it all, and the mania is almost like a trick that your brain is playing on you. Sometimes during mania, you don't feel depressed, but you still have depression. So as I tried to cope with a breakup that obviously brought on a load of negative emotions, I experienced my first symptoms of actual mania or hypomania. I also started taking antidepressants at this time for the very first time, and antidepressants are known to exacerbate the symptoms of mania. So, obviously, this made more sense looking backwards. Um, As I navigated sort of the breakup that I was going through, I found myself feeling ways that I thought I shouldn't. I wasn't as sad as I thought I'd be. And although I was hurt and insecure about myself on the inside, but on the outside, I was confident. I was doing things I never used to. Like, I was going out, drinking, 
had a heightened sense of like self-confidence, which was quite unusual, especially given the circumstances. And I also started spending a lot of money and was quite impulsive in my decision making. So this lasted for a couple of months, and at the time I didn't think much of it, but looking back, I kind of recognized that that was the first time I showed those really like intense symptoms of mania for a distinct period of time. Then the last year of university, my fourth year, was the most difficult for me. This is where I had my hypomanic episode, I guess according to the psychiatrist, that landed me with the actual diagnosis of bipolar which I basically knew all along. So a lot of factors come into play for why this year was really challenging. First, there was the impending graduation weighing on me, along with questions about what I would do next, both from other people and for myself. That made me super, super anxious, and it would set off bouts of anxiety and panic. It would lead to panic attacks where I thought I was dying, but I managed to survive. Then I experienced my first loss of a loved one. My grandmother passed away at the beginning of my very last semester. This, plus all the other things I had going on mentally, wasn't a good combination, and it really made it difficult for me to find the motivation to go to class. And shortly after, my dad had a heart attack, required an emergency procedure. That was super scary for me and became another source of my anxiety. Not to mention, this all kind of happened really fast, and at a time before I had enough time to fully process the the loss of my grandmother. So I had to deal with these two difficult kind of family things, plus the ambiguity of my future that was just looming over my head. Uh, The constant questions from family and friends about what's next made it so much harder because I never had an answer. And not having an answer always made me feel worse about myself. And here's where mania came in to, to save the day, I guess, except it didn't actually. I had this period where I started having all these ideas about the things I could do in the future, one more ridiculous than the other. I then decided not to go to school after I graduate. I wanted to travel, but I'm also not financially responsible. So I'd love to blame bipolar for that, but I don't think that alone is the problem. Um, I then I started planning trips I couldn't afford, started booking them. And at the time, I was like, you know, that's what credit cards are for. Like, you can just buy things without having the money. Now, I hate credit cards for that. Um, Luckily, I've canceled all of them since because I can't be trusted, especially when mania happens. And I really thought that because I was so amazing, I'd be able to just travel and I didn't need a job. I could just blog, make videos or something like that. And it works for some people, I mean, but I, I was a little bit delusional and thinking that that could be me so in this period my mind was on high speed I'd have thoughts coming in and out at speeds I've never experienced before I'd talk so fast people couldn't understand what I was saying Uh, one of the good things though that comes out of mania and a lot of creatives would agree with this is that you actually think of really good ideas so one thing I would say is that mania has helped me come up with a lot of the ideas I've had and it's gotten me to do a lot of things I wouldn't do otherwise So mania has shaped my life and made me who I am in some ways. I honestly can say that I don't think I'd be here with Your Mind Matters, my organization, if I hadn't experienced mania. Because in a depressed state, I would have never had the motivation or willpower to start an organization for mental health. I needed a bit of a push and some confidence and energy, and that's what mania gave me. However, at its extreme, mania is really dangerous and has terrible consequences. 
So spending lots of money can lead to debt. And during manic or hypomanic episodes, there's still depression. It's not some blissful, beautiful, perfect state of happiness and inner peace. It's your brain circuits running wild, causing a state that seems quite opposite to depression, but is very much tied to it. And like, I'm not an expert, but to me, the way I think of it is that the brain is trying to adapt to overcome depression, which leads to a manic state. That's obviously not sustainable or permanent. It lasts for a bit and eventually you go back to depression and then you kind of return to mania again at some point. But like, I'm not a neuroscientist, so I don't have anything to back that up. That's just kind of how I see it and how I think of it in my head. So after this bit of mania, the depression set right back in. Graduation was coming up. I was not feeling as optimistic as I thought I would be at this time. I wasn't where I pictured myself being and I was very confused about my future and also very sad because I felt this perpetual self-doubt and lack of pride in myself. Felt like I hadn't accomplished anything in four years and I didn't have hope that the next four would be any better. I spent the last couple months of university um, skipping class and I would spend most of it in my bed watching Netflix in my pajamas. Depression is tricky to navigate, and there's a scary cycle that ensues when you spend so much time sleeping or staying in bed. You feel sad, so you stay in bed, but then staying in bed makes you more sad, so you don't leave your bed. And it's a trap a lot of us with depression get into far too often, and it's increasingly difficult to escape this cycle. At this point, I had no energy, no motivation, and I just wanted to do the bare minimum to get through university. So that's what I did. I got through it barely. When graduation came, I wanted to feel proud of myself. I wanted to feel hopeful and accomplished and like I had a bright future ahead. I wanted to feel like I did more than just get by. It was a hard thing to go through because the picture in my head of what I thought it would be like was very, very different from what it was actually like. And that messes you up a lot of the time. The idea of what you think life's supposed to be like. So now I learned to get rid of that picture and take my life for what it is, appreciating and being mindful of the moment that's in front of me. However, it it took a lot of time and a lot of work to get there, but I'm happy I did. (laughs) 